when I go to an Association of Water Technologies convention or training, I am just floored by the number of people that come up to me and, and thank me for them staying in the job, for them uh, becoming a water treater, uh, a water treatment professional. And I didn't have anything to do that with that. I was I was just a voice, you know, over the podcast. But I connected with them in some way, and I inspired them to think differently, to do something differently. And I am just humbled every time that I hear that. And I just, uh, I think it's a great privilege. So that's that's why I continue to, to do that after five years. Hopefully there'll be five more after this. Welcome to What Are We Talking About? A podcast produced by Water Online. Hosts Jim Laurier of Maisie Injector Company and Adam Tank of Transcend Water, a dynamic boomer millennial combo, will help you demystify how to build a better brand for your business, keep current and prospective customers engaged with your company, and ultimately grow your sales. They interview some of the most interesting and unique water professionals who have used the art of storytelling to move the needle for themselves and for their organizations. So today's guest is Trace Blackmore. Trace is the owner of Blackmore Enterprises. And Trace, I always see you as uh, one of the preeminent industrial water treatment experts out in the market. And uh, I got to know you through LinkedIn. Uh, you invited me on your podcast, uh, Scaling Up H2O, a number of years ago. And then you graciously invited Adam and I on together on your podcast just to see what our uh, on-screen presence chemistry would look like. And now with 30... With, with 30 shows into our podcast series. And, uh, and we want to thank you for being part of that process and uh, return a favor. It was definitely my pleasure when you called me and said you were thinking about doing that. I jumped at the chance to have you on our podcast, Scaling Up H2O. And it was a lot of fun. So it all started with Scaling Up H2O. How about that? That's exactly right. And that's how I met you, Trace, was through the podcast. And I followed you on social channels ever since. And of course, you're quite active. So I wanted to start the interview there today. You are now at 200 some odd episodes of the podcast, Jim. What's the exact figure? So 249, I think they're going to their 250th. So almost 250 episodes. And when we talk about this idea of needing to become better storytellers and communicators in the water industry, you know, some of the pushback we'll hear is I don't have time. I don't have budget. Is it really that worth it? I should be knocking on doors, not doing podcasts. Tell us about what 250 episodes means to you and how that's helped you build Blackmore Enterprises. Well, I'll start off with saying that <clears throat> when I first started out, I, I couldn't even imagine having 250 episodes. I was hoping just to have maybe the first, you know, six months. And that was just a daunting challenge. But I, I did it because I had people that encouraged me to do it. In fact, a good friend of mine, his name is Charlie Cicchetti. He runs a, a green building education service. And he told me, Trace, you should really do a podcast. And I was like, Charlie, that's a great compliment. What is a podcast? I had no idea. Uh, that was several years ago. He helped me download my first podcast player. And I just couldn't believe that there was this content out there where people were just freely giving what they've learned in life. And it was just free for the taking. And I just became a podcast junkie learning all of this different stuff. Of course, some of it you had to take with a, a grain of salt. 
And then I was thinking, well, you know, maybe I could do this. I didn't know anything about a podcast. So I started learning and, and I have a habit of overlearning things that I need to do. But my very first podcast started about five years ago and it was on a Bluetooth headset. I don't know why anybody subscribed. It was the most horrible thing you could ever imagine. If you ever need motivation of what something could become, listen to my episode one, listen to episode 250. And you're like, how could that guy actually stay on the air for that long? But we all learn as we go. And the audience is so gracious to uh, you know, allow you to grow with that content. And when I go to an association of water technologies convention or training, I am just floored by the number of people that come up to me and, and thank me for them staying in the job, for them uh, becoming a water treater, uh, a water treatment professional. And I didn't have anything to do that with that. I was I was just a voice, you know, over the podcast. But I connected with them in some way, and I inspired them to think differently, to do something differently. And I am just humbled every time that I hear that. And I just, uh, I think it's a great privilege. So that's, that's why I continue to, to do that after five years. Hopefully there'll be five more after this. Yeah. And, and Trace, you mentioned the Association of Water Technologies, and I know you're very active in it. You were past president. You've been involved for a long time now. You're part of the education committee. You tell us a little bit about, again, you know, you're putting a lot of time into other things outside of, like uh, Adam said, knocking on doors, asking for business. You know, what does that do for you being part of uh, uh, such an instrumental part of that trade association? I truly believe what you give comes back to you. And people want to help people when you help people. So putting myself out there, giving information to people that are ultimately going to compete with me, I've, I've never been threatened with that. Uh, the simple fact is most people don't use it. And if they do use it, I normally get it back in a more refined way than uh, through questions or something that they might ask me. So, uh, Adam, I never really finished answering your question, but to, to answer that question, because I put content out, because I try to help other people, people innately help me and it's open doors for me. And if we go after a new customer, there's a lot of content around Blackmore Enterprises. There's a lot of content around what we do and how we do it. So even though I'm not using this to sell myself, it does put the content out there and people are like, well, if he's teaching other people how to do this, then maybe this is somebody that we need to get to do our industrial water treatment. And the same attitude has uh, always happened with the Association of Water Technologies. And I've seen, I've seen people that show up to an organization, they just pay their dues and they say, I don't get anything out of this. I don't know if I'm going to do it next year. I can't imagine not being a member of the AWT. Of course, I pay my dues every year and, and I probably work. I mean, I can't imagine getting paid for that. But if you look at how much I pay for my dues and how much work I actually do, uh, the, the wage is probably pretty low, <laughs> but I get so much out of that. And I've got people that I call water treatment Jedi in our industry that I can pick up the phone and I can call and they will take my call and they will walk me through any issue that I'm having. And that's because I gave. So when you give, people give back. Trace, when, when, you know, when we talk about we uh, <laughs> I feel like we always pick on the pump supplier, so we're going to keep picking on them. But why this, not? You know, think about your, you know, your guy or gal running around the Midwest, getting a ton of windshield time, trying to knock on, let's say, industrial right water user doors. They're trying to sell a pump. And they're they're listening to this and they're thinking, Trace, I don't have time 
to record a podcast. I don't have time to write on LinkedIn. I barely have enough time to, you know, stop at the fa- the fast food restaurant before I meet with a customer and then get to the hotel and sleep before I got to get up the next day. Where do you recommend someone like that start? How do you recommend someone like that start to give in order to receive? I think I would start with the mindset because if you're so busy in the day-to-day, you're never looking at what you're doing in the day-to-day. So maybe schedule a half a day that I'm just going to look at all the things that I do on a daily basis and see what kind of mileage that I'm getting out of those. Is there something that I could do differently? Is there something that I could do once that I don't have to do again? Or is there something maybe like content wise, maybe it is a podcast, maybe it's a newsletter, maybe it's something that I can offer to people in my industry that now transcends all of these things that I do. So I think if you step back and you look at, especially busy people, I don't have time to do this because I'm busy. All right, well, if I stay busy, I'm never going to have the time to do anything else. So how do I pull something out of my day-to-day to make it better? And maybe it is just putting content out there. Maybe it is doing something through LinkedIn. The simple fact is if you don't have something out there for people to check up on you and you're cold calling on people, you're probably not going to get very far because the first thing they're going to do is Google you. You know, Google's a verb for crying out loud. So if you don't have something that's searchable, you're probably not going to get that business. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, Trace, about uh, training your competitors, right? I mean, that's always a fear that people, you know, senior management say, well, if we give away this information, not only are our customers going to get it, but our competitors are going to get it. Can, can you speak to that a little bit about your mindset around, you know, that um, aspect of, of putting a lot of information out there? I think we all think we have a secret sauce, but when we look at secret sauce, it's really Thousand Island dressing. So there's, there's no secret sauce out there. Now, maybe I have a nuance on how I do something, or maybe I deliver it in a way that other people aren't going to be as successful as delivering it as I am. But if I'm able to get content out there, and especially if I'm able to elevate people in my industry, a rising tide raises all ships. That makes me better. If I can make my competition better, then my customer is going to expect more from all of us. And now we're not competing off a price. So I think there's so many things that we can, we hold as secrets that really aren't secrets. And if we help each other, we make the entire industry better. Trace, do you, do you, you, you know, you're, you have this angle of being a business owner and there are a lot of folks out there that are working on behalf of a monster company with layers and layers of approval to try to even think about posting something or putting it out into the world. Not, and we're not just talking about something that could be competitive intelligence. This is just something, I'm here at this customer site today, right? Let me snap a photo. As you think about, you know, how this content creation journey has gotten you to where you are and your, and your ability to give, 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 Would you recommend the same thing for somebody working in a larger company? Maybe some of the folks that you're competing against that may not feel like they have as much freedom to do the types of things that you're doing? I definitely say if you're working for somebody, you need to make sure that whatever you're going to put out is okay with whoever your supervisor is. Uh, It's definitely easier when when you own the company. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but I'll also say the mindset is we're, we are all owners. We're owners of the territory. We're owners of the account. So I, I think we all need to have an owner mindset. Now, maybe we don't have some of the liberties that somebody that owns the company does, but I think that's a simple conversation 
um, with, with their supervisor, hey, I'd like to start doing this or I'd like to move in this direction. Are there any policies that preclude me to doing that? Uh, are, are there any things that you want me to avoid? And now that that conversation's out there, it's probably going to go pretty smoothly. You're listening to the What Are We Talking About podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. This podcast is produced by Water Online, the leading web-based community for water and wastewater professionals, showcasing the knowledge and authority of industry thought leaders. Water Online provides actionable content from vendors you can trust. And now, back to today's podcast. Tracy, in response to COVID, uh, you you felt that we weren't seeing each other face-to-face as much. Can you tell us about the hang and why you decided to start that uh, endeavor? Absolutely. So, um, yeah, COVID was just horrible. I mean, uh, it just totally changed how we did business. Uh, I think most people in our industry were considered essential, so none of us stopped working. It's just how we worked changed. I know we went for months without seeing clients that we would see almost on a weekly basis, they would say, we left the door open for you, go do what you need to do, and then send us a report or, or get with me on Zoom. Zoom's become a verb too. What, what's happening to the word? Um, anyway, with, with all of that, I think we were starved to tell our stories with people that understood what it was that we were going through. So two things actually happened during COVID. A couple months before COVID happened, I started the Rising Tide Mastermind. And through the Rising Tide Mastermind, which is a a group of uh, industrial water treaters, we get together on a weekly basis. And we quickly realized there was no playbook for a pandemic. So we came up with what are the items that we are challenged with? And we just went with each other and, and said, oh, well, I know this financial guy and he can talk about PPE our PPP. Uh, I, I, know, I know this HR person and they can talk about, you know, what policies we need to have in the workplace. So we started doing all these internal webinars with these experts to help train us on what to do through a pandemic. And everybody said us getting together on a regular basis, even though it was Zoom, that really allowed us to get through the pandemic in a, in a healthier way. So we then thought, I've got a great staff here at Scaling Up H2O. We, we were thinking, how can we expand that to past, uh, to uh, not just the mastermind? So we came up with, what if we have this thing, and we'll call it a hang, and we'll just put it out there that if you're in the industrial water treatment space and you want to hang out with other water treaters, that because you don't have to explain what it is that you do, you can just, just talk and talk about your day. Uh, we put that out there and we had as many as I think 178 people on one of those. Um, and we, we did those on a regular basis during the pandemic. And now people just like them so much. We do them every quarter. And uh, the hang is, is it's kind of a formulaic thing. Uh, we get together at six o'clock and actually the next hang is going to be on July 14th at 6 p.m. Eastern. I start promptly at six. Uh, I have a couple of announcements that I do, and then I get people into breakout rooms. So say there's a hundred people that come on the hang, there's only gonna be four to six people in individual breakout rooms. And your goal is to introduce yourself and how can I help you and how can you help me? That's the whole premise on that. And we'll switch rooms twice. And hearing the feedback of the questions that have been answered, how people have 
not only acquire new business, but just really have solved a problem that they couldn't figure out on their own through these hangs. It's just been fantastic. And then we end the hang uh, about 10 minutes before seven, we'll come back and we'll play some sort of group game together. So I normally pick some people in the audience. Last week or last month, we did um, a Price is Right pricing game. So you never know what's going to happen there. But people really seem to like it. And it just brings us all together and uh, allows us to talk with people that know what our day-to-day is like. So I'm, I'm one, I'm, I'm envious. It sounds like a ton of fun. Definitely need to look at joining the next yeah, one. Yeah, join. Um, the second piece is, you know, and this, this sort of goes back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier on, but you're putting all this energy out into the world and you're giving a ton of yourself and your resources and helping people out. How much of that do you see coming back into your business that's actually impacting the P&L? And I don't ask that from, you know, like a selfish question. I'm asking it because there are people that are going to be hopefully trying to engage with their managers to say, hey, I want to attend this thing that Trace is putting on, or hey, I want to start a podcast, or I want to create a newsletter. What can they be, how can they communicate the value of that to someone that they need approval from? And how is it impacting you? Because I think that might be helpful. I would say, you know, with five years of doing the podcast and being involved with, with the association, maybe 20 years ago, um, we haven't been around that long. So 17 years ago, when I started the company, uh, nobody heard of us. And now, especially in the Atlanta marketplace, everybody's heard of us mm-hmm. and they're putting us in specifications. And uh, so if, if people don't know who you are, that's not going to happen. If you give them reasons to find out who you are, then things like that will happen. So that's probably the, the number one thing. Uh, and, and we had actually a benchmark when people start putting us in specifications, we know that, that we've made it in the Atlanta metropolitan market. And that's happened several years ago. Whether that was part of the podcast or not, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that didn't hurt. Uh, but like I said, if people cannot search you and find information outside of just a profile page, I don't know. Is that, is that enough for them to trust you to the next level of mm-hmm. obtaining their business? So I think mm-hmm. that's probably the, the number one thing that I would do for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trace, why don't you tell us this is a, a project close to your heart about the World Vision Global 6K for water? So there's a, there's a group out there called World Vision. They are a Christian organization. And one of the things that they get behind is how can they end the global water crisis? They've been doing this for decades. We've started doing this about three years ago. Uh, one of our mastermind members brought it to my attention that, hey, we've got, we're in the water industry and there is a global water crisis. We're so fortunate here in the United States. We have water anytime we want it, but that is not the case worldwide. And so they do what's called a 6K every year. And this year it's May 21st. And the reason it's a 6K is that's the average amount of distance that people have to walk to go get drinking water. And notice I didn't say clean drinking water, because some of the pictures that I've seen, you would not want to drink this. This is the only water that's available to them. And a lot of times it's children that are taking time out of school to go get this water and bring it back. And a lot of times the water makes them sick. So uh, Team World Vision realizes this and uh, to bring awareness around it, they do a 6K every year. 
And the 6K, it'll cost you $50. You'll get a t-shirt. You'll get a, uh, a bib of the child that you're sponsoring. You also get a, a race medal. And that $50 is enough to bring clean water to one of those children, one of those people in, in that village for an entire lifetime. It is amazing what they do. They don't just go in and do something and leave. It's all around education. They teach people how to maintain those systems. And, and if you go on uh, worldvision.org and read some of the stories and, and read how they do what they do, it's, it's just impressive. One of the things that I really like about it is there's not a lot of heavy lifting in getting involved with this. And it's difficult to find things to do to rally around water when you're in the water treatment community. So by simply going online and signing up for this 6K, which is roughly around four miles, you can bring your team together. You don't have to do it at any particular place. You can pick a park around your area. You can be in all different separate places and you're doing something for a good cause. And I really think uh, how we use it here at Blackmore Enterprises is we rally around team culture. We've got some core values that we hold near and dear, and this really allows us to celebrate those core values, to get together differently as a team and do something that we're all proud of doing. So I've got a, uh, I've got a page, scalinguph2o.com forward slash 6K, that will take you to our team page. Still time to register. Again, the, the race is going to be on May 21st. And if you want to join Team Scaling Up, that's the easiest thing to do. But if you want to create your own team in your company, you can click on a link to do that as well. Phenomenal initiative, Trace. You mentioned that you have your, the team, your team at Blackmore Enterprises that's involved in this as well. And I want to extend the conversation around the, the giving and the social posting and the content creation to your team. How are you encouraging your team members to do this, the folks that work for you or work with you, how are they taking the practices that you embody and bringing this into their day-to-day? So with the, with the podcast, they're not too terribly involved <laughs> other than giving me, hey, you need to talk about this or hey, okay. you messed up how you said this. You need to, you need to say it better. So they're, they're definitely my best critics, uh, but they're writing their own content or they're taking something off of a podcast that, that I created and now they're making a newsletter off of it. Or they're letting their customer know, hey, you know, Trace just did a podcast that further answers this question. So if you want to listen to that, um, you know, maybe that might spark some more questions and now we can get together afterwards. So they're definitely using the content to their benefit. Yeah. And one, one other thing, one other initiative that I really like what you've been doing is around the Rising Tide um, Mastermind Group. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I came to the conclusion that, that life is, is just hard and it's a lot easier when you're doing it with people that help you, especially when they're people that understand what you do on a day-to-day basis. So I've been involved in a mastermind for well over a dozen years and, uh, and a lot of people might not know what a mastermind is. So a mastermind is where a group of like-minded people get together for the simple purpose of how do we help each other? How do I help you, Jim, with an issue that I've had and you don't have to experience it? Or maybe you're just starting to experience that issue and I've already solved it. So instead of you starting from step one, you can start from step six and then you can refine it. So now somebody else can can even get the benefit of it. So that's what a mastermind is. 
And uh, I always wondered if that would work in the water treatment industry. So I said, why not? We'll just try it. And I was just amazed right off the bat. We started two groups. Uh, we had 20 people. We're up to 54 people now. We've got five groups. Um, there are other facilitators within the Rising Tide Mastermind besides myself. Uh, we're doing our live event. We get together on Zoom every week. And, and that Zoom format is uh, somebody in the group is charged with having an issue every week. So they bring the issue and they say, my issue is this. And then the group is not allowed to give advice. How weird is that? <laughs> the, the issue that we have in day to day is we're always prone to give advice, whether we understand the issue or not. So we try to teach each other, okay, I don't understand the issue the way Jim understands it, even though I think I do. So I'm going to lean in and I'm going to ask clarifying questions. So we're only allowed to ask clarifying questions. And that allows you to see your issue through all of those questions. And you're getting all sorts of different ideas that you hadn't thought of before. And for us, it trains us, hey, we don't have the answer yet because we don't understand it. Let me find out some more information so I can ultimately give better advice. And then after we ask some clarifying questions, we do switch over to advice. And Jim, if you were in the middle, I'd put duct tape over your mouth. I wouldn't, but you're not allowed to talk. And, and that's to teach you, okay, take it in. I, I'm just going to listen. Even if I don't agree with it, I'm still going to listen. And we go through the group one by one, and we'll let you know what we would do if that's your issue. And then we hold you accountable to do it. We're going to ask you, what are you going to do? And when are you going to get that done by? We have a list that we keep a track of all of that. And if you say that's going to be done by July 4th, well, the meet is meeting closest to July 4th, somebody will ask you about that. And that gives you a little bit of extra courage in the day-to-day -day when somebody says, hey, can you do this for me? And you're like, hey, I've got 10 peers that are expecting me to get this done. And this is more important. So it's not just on you now. You know you're being held accountable by this group. And people are getting some things done. And as I mentioned, we also have the, uh, the live event. So that's here in Atlanta, where we bring everybody in for a weekend. And we have speakers come in. We've got workshops. Uh, there's actually an assignment that I'm having people do coming in. And it really just supercharges you with your group because you get to meet them in person, not just on Zoom. And there's just so many things that you just can't wait to go back to your prospective companies and, and start trying out. So that's the mastermind in, the, in a nutshell. So that's the, uh, the rising tide mastermind. Trace, our 30 minutes are coming to a close. Unfortunately, oh this flew by. And we have one final question for you, which we ask all of our guests. And that is our airplane banner question. So Jim and I grabbed an airplane. We're flying into Atlanta. We'll pick you up. And we're putting a banner on the back and you get to choose a message, one sentence, that we are going to fly in front of the home of every water professional around the world. What message do you want to put on that banner? I love that question. I'm probably going to steal that from my podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I would say that uh, he always had time for me. So if, if, if I know how people remember what you tell them, but everybody remembers how you make them feel. And I know around some of my mentors, they didn't have time to talk to me, but they talked to me and, and they, they made me better in the process and they made me feel really good as they were doing that. And they encouraged me to learn. They encouraged me to try new things. And I definitely want to be somebody that pays that back to others.
Yeah, well, Trace, this is great. And, you know, you're obviously someone that is paying it forward. And, and we recognize that. And I know our audience is going to get a lot of value out of this, uh, out of this interview. So thanks so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you.